Hi everyone. On this episode, we speak with Betty, co-founder and director of Deadfellas, an NFT collection of 10,000 unique zombies minted on the Ethereum blockchain that sold out within 20 minutes of launch. Betty tells us about how she arrived in the NFT space from the creative agency world, the freedom she and her partner find in creating and experimenting with generative art, their inspirations, and their experience in managing an incredibly vibrant and engaged online community. I hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Betty, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Thanks. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. I'd love for you to tell everyone who's listening a little bit about yourself, where you, I guess, started your journey uh, yep. in your career and or earlier if you want, you started <laughs> the beginning. But, but uh, yeah, it'd be great to get that kind of journey and how you arrived at crypto. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Betty. I'm the founder of Deadfellas, which is um, an NFT brand um at this point we have a few various different collections around the original 10k that we released um in august 2021 uh my journey has been uh a, a strange and unexpected one um this is not where i believed i would uh be working at all <laughs> uh, i guess none of us did i didn't even know about nfts until last year um but yeah my journey uh so I am co-founder of a creative production agency with my husband, Syke, and we basically make creative materials um, and, and interesting digital materials, I guess, such as like small video games and infographics and, um, you know, little animations, things like that for large companies uh, around the world. So it's very corporate, um, very good on paper, obviously very grateful for uh for that experience, but at the same time, quite stifling creatively. So, Mm -hmm. um, and especially when the pandemic came along, uh, a lot of the creative jobs, I guess, around the world suffered pretty hard. We were not an exception to that. So a lot of our contracts, um, were pulled because of, um, you know, real life events not going forward and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things. So we were in a pretty difficult spot, uh, last January, um, you know, there's a housing crisis in Australia as well. Like there's a lot going on, um, at the time. And, uh, some people in Sykes art collective Depthcore introduced him to the concept of NFTs. And I was immediately taken with it too. We both kind of just dove in. Um, and cool. I just learned as much as I possibly could until it became too much. And I had <laughs> to do something about it. So we created, uh, dead fellas together, which has been just, an absolute blast, um, a crazy journey. It's, yeah, <laughs> wild. Yeah, I'm a perfect, you know, jumping off point for, for us to talk about uh, De- Deadfellas. So can you, yeah, tell the audience, what is Deadfellas? Yeah, Deadfellas started as um, a generative PFP project. So for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what that is, um, PFPs are what you use to present yourself uh, on social media, your profile picture. Um generative nft projects um you create lots of different traits and then run that through code it combines those traits to create unique designs within um that variance so we have ten thousand different uh unique dead fellas in our collection based off around 450 traits for the original collection all hand drawn and designed so yeah that that was launched august um 
the 13th, Friday the 13th in, 20, <laughs> in 2021. Uh, sold out in 20 minutes and has been kind of going gangbusters ever since. Uh, we've released surrounding collections. So we've just released Dead Friends, which is like a companion collection. That was a much larger undertaking. I think that was like, oh God, uh, I can't even think now. So that over over a thousand, like 1,400, 1,500 traits. Um just in just insane but so cool like 13 mini collections in one uh we've got the art collections betty pop horror that's been um featured in rolling stone we've had uh the halloween infected collection where we collaborated with a lot of different artists and projects in the space last year to celebrate halloween um cool. yeah so there's a lot going on it's i mean we're in metaverse worlds and in the real world and doing all kinds of cool stuff so yeah I mean I get I guess I'd like for you to tell me a little bit about just rolling it back a little bit for you know for those people who don't quite understand I guess what you know generative NFTs are mm. what was the, the the kind of you know you said people in your art team kind of talked to you about NFTs and you guys decided to put a collection together what were the kind of things that you considered right at the very beginning there when you were were deciding to to go ahead and what and how did you arrive at some of those design decisions and also you know I guess the trajectory of the of the of the project as well um well with the collection itself it was born from really I was very into NFT I mean me and Psych both very into NFTs um he was collecting a lot and I wasn't and I just didn't see like the one of one art and the artists, you know, the art being created from artists was amazing, but I just couldn't afford it at the time. Mm. Um, and I didn't really want to jump into any PFP projects at that time because I didn't see anything that represented me. I didn't see anything that I would want to use for my profile picture or, you know, like that. So I, I really wanted to answer that need for myself, but I knew that there would be other people that wanted it too. Um, we are big fans of horror. And I think that that, there's like a societal fascination with um, the macabre. I think it's it's like a running thing through history. You know, we always we like things that are a little bit spooky and and cheeky and and edgy. And I think that that is really what Dead Fellas is. It's like it's cute and it's um, accessible horror, but it it's still <laughs> like a, a little bit um, a little bit that way. So it's I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to have a project where anyone could come in um, of any gender and feel represented. Um, yeah. And, and really bring our influences in. So when we were designing the traits, it was really, it was a really fun process. We would sit together and it was like, you know, being able to flex those creative muscles without restraint uh, or really a brief from anyone else was really, really fun. So we were like watching movies that we love and, hmm. um, you know, we had graphic novels all out. We were listening to all different kinds of music that we really like. And um, it was just really, really fun. So we drew from like a lot of um, 90s animation, like Doug and Daria, you know, things like Scott Pilgrim, um, music that we love. Like we'd be listening to like Radiohead one day and Miley Cyrus the next, like all different kinds of things. Um, just pulling together into this collection. I think you can see that in the collection. Like it is really fun. There's something for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's it is. It's really cool. And I think that at at its core, it's it really is it's an art project, right? And and I think that's amazing. But you know, now it's kind of more than just a pure art project. Like when you're doing that trait design and and the kind of creation of the of the the bones so to speak <laughs> of a of a generative uh, nft project and for those people who who are at home who don't know what that means it means that 
and correct me if I'm wrong here, Betty, right? Because I've never built my own generative uh, NFT project. But the yeah. act of the act of minting, creating these um, these NFTs creates the art is that is that right yeah so we so every design that you see out at the moment the only ones that we saw pre-mint were mine and sykes um dead fellas and the the two that were created for the devs that we um launched the project with those were the only ones that we saw before because they were um specifically designed but everything else um those combinations we did not see so the most exciting part was seeing all of these different amazing unique characters with their own little personalities and everything pop up uh when we did it on the the test the test net it was it was just so fun and then seeing them mint because we had an instant reveal so when people mint these generative projects a lot of the time now there'll be a delayed reveal for the art so you have to wait a little bit and then the art is updated um the art corresponding to the nft that you own is updated um whereas when we when we launched we had an instant reveal so as soon as you minted it you could see what you got and it was just so fun like seeing yeah all of these characters that we had never seen but we had created you know it was yeah amazing I think that's it's so important as part of this process for the for you guys, but also for anyone who's buying, you know, or creating, co-creating in mm. a way. And there's a there's a real kind of moment of excitement there, uh, and also connection. I think when you when you participate in these, and I and I've participated as a as a, as a minter in some projects. Uh, unfortunately, not dead fellas. That would have been cool. Yeah. But, um, but but basically, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you go about, I guess there's an algorithm, right, behind that that says, okay, we have X number of traits and, and here's the amount of, here's the rarity of each of those traits. Here's, mm. here's like the percentage level that of these traits. And then and then how does the algorithm work to kind of play that out at the, at the time of minting? Does it, does it, do you model it off, off pre-existing things? Yeah, it does. It pulls from code that we designed. So we worked with um, our devs to design the rarity and make sure that the trait combinations worked in ways that we wanted them to, um, to reflect the rarity system that we designed. So in typical NFT projects at the moment, I haven't actually seen many people do it what we in the same way that we have done, but in typical ones, you'll see like, say, any, any NFT in this collection with a green hat is rare because it's only like 10 out of 10,000 and that's the Mm. least amount of green hats. So that's a really simplified way. Whereas I didn't want that and neither did Psych. Like we wanted it to be more of a, uh, a game. Like you had to get to know the collection. You have to understand how things work and the combinations to, to figure out rarity and to find these, um, gems. So we did it based on degrades. So every trait that we designed, we had three levels of degrade. So we have a fresh, uh, a fresh level and a damaged level and a rotten level. And it goes in obviously with the zombie thing. Mm. So out of the five different traits that a, a dead fellow is made up of, if it's got five rotten traits in one design, uh, that's statistically rarer than one with all different ones. So we, yeah, we designed the the algorithm uh, that way so that we had, you know, less amount of like all five fresh, all five damaged, all five rotten. And it went like that. And then it just, um, 
spot everything out magically and <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah. I guess it builds up on top of that. If that's the if that's the kind of locus around which you're just defining rarity, then then I can see how the rest of the combinations play out. That's really interesting. Yeah. And do yeah. you think that there's, I mean, this is more of a meta level question about the NFT space in general, and I do want to get here, but it's, it's timely now. Um, do you think that there's a lot of interesting experimentation around what rarity means in the space? Have you seen other stuff that's kind of interesting? Yeah, I do. And I really, really enjoy it and I like it. Um, so I think that one of the really cool things about Web3 is the experimental side and the freedom that we get to do that. So I actually really like it when collections don't have rarity at all, like um, doodles just don't have they don't have it and it's kind of a community decided mm. thing like we have decided that these are the rarest like and a similar thing has happened with dead fellas which is also something that was intentional was in certain traits um so certain rotten traits secret traits show up that are not listed at all so they don't they don't contribute to the rarity so it could be say a dead fella has like two rotten traits, a fresh trait, two damaged traits. It's not really a rare dead fella statistically, but it might have this special secret trait that's shown up. And they are like, uh, you know, always really sought after. So it's really cool to have a bit of a combination. Um, I think many people do buy as well based off of just like what they love. Yeah, aesthetics, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, th I think for me as well, when I've bought aftermarket stuff, I'm not necessarily looking at rarity. I'm not trying to kind of, Buy stuff. Some people are obviously out there to do that, and I totally respect that that approach. But mm. my personal experience has been just to look for things that I like, and and that to me is what matters, right? And and I yeah. think th th then all of that. Maybe there's an Easter egg in there for me, and I don't even know. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's really true. I think that the it's really not my thing to um to do that either. But I think that like catering for those people was uh something that we thought about. It also, it just adds a bit of excitement, you know, like if you mint something and you're like, oh my God, I got a rare one. It's quite thrilling. It's like the whole excitement of it. Um, I didn't want to miss out on that for people. So yeah. Well, that's really cool. Okay. Well, I guess flipping to the, to the other side of this coin, like what were the challenges? Like what were the hard bits about pulling this project together? Um, just the incredible amount of time and the work, like, I don't know if people realize. So I, I often get asked, like, how did you, how did you make dead fellas so successful? How are you doing this? Honestly, just so much hard work. Like It hasn't come easy. I think for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, leading up, we were doing like 20 hour days. That's not an exaggeration. That's like, we were up at six in the morning and we were working all the way through till two in the morning every single day. Like it was an absolute slog. I wanted, I had a specific vision for how I wanted the community to be prior to launch and where I wanted to be there. So I was working towards that. Psych was working really hard on the art. We were, there's just so many things. And then that's not the hard part. Like I obviously had no idea what was coming after launch. Cause it's kind of, it was a whole new world at that point. You know, there weren't that many other things to go off, but, um, yeah, when we launched, then the hard work started, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and it's been, and it's, it is an incredible amount of work. It's, it's, um, it's huge. I mean, you go from, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this generative project to all of a sudden like running a multi, multi-million dollar global brand, um, where you're immediately accessible. It's a very, very different relationship with, uh, your consumer base than typical. It's, um, very much a, a co-creating like where we have like a bilateral relationship so um which I really appreciate and really love 
but it does come with its own challenges. So I think that mm. um, going from producing um, in, you know, in a traditional way to producing in this way has been a challenge but a fun one and I think we've grown from it and yeah I'm really enjoying the journey well yeah that's fa- that's a fascinating insight I'd, I, I'd like to ask a little bit more around that but before we before we go into what's next I'd like to kind of understand a little bit about the current things that you guys are doing so you know your post launch now you've mentioned that you know engaging with the community in a bilateral way is part of how dead fillers work so yeah what do, what does it mean if you have a if you own a dead fillers can you can tribute to conversations like how what's that relationship like i mean there's a lot of different things yeah the way that the communities work um in nfts are yeah you own an nft and then you you have access i mean i'm in the discord all the time so you're in the discord all the time as a holder you're speaking with the founder of this brand that's not really a typical thing that you see um in the regular world um, but having those relationships is really valuable because it means that we get to build based on community sentiment and a deep understanding of what our community wants. And um, yeah, they do. When you own a dead fellas, you do contribute um, by engaging in the community. Uh, you have IP rights, non-exclusive IP rights to your um, NFT. So you can kind of use that to explore things creatively yourself. We've seen people make derivatives, release songs. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. We've had uh, spin-off projects, um, like one of the illustrators on our team, uh, Luma, he is really awesome. He's created his own project called Dead Decor. And it like it just makes um, rooms, like uh, backgrounds for your dead fella to be on, to use on uh, profile pictures or on your banners on social media or whatnot. And it's just so good. It just adds value. People really appreciate that. But he's... I don't know. It's it's just, yeah, community contributing to increasing value and it's like this circular value exchange, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's cool. In, in, like, I mean, in, in some respects, you know, these kinds of communities have existed in, in music and no doubt in the art, but I don't think it's been as the art world, I think, this is a new moment for it as, as mm. far as community engagement goes mm. um, because, you know, for a long time music has been a place where you can, yeah, you can cover people's work, you can um, have do collaborations with people and there's, there's, an, there's a kind of accepted kind of medium and format and that does happen and always has happened in, in art but, but maybe not to this degree of um, bilateral like <laughs> community level and, and that's probably true for music as well. Like this has gone beyond what, what's ever happened in, in in kind of other other scenes. So I think it's a really it's a really dramatic shift and a really cool cool moment in time for sure. I think so too. Yeah, I really do. I think that it brings its own challenges for those businesses that are coming in from the traditional world. Um, but you know, you see people pivoting in a meaningful way, which I'm finding really encouraging. And um, yeah, it's just I mean, it's just collaboration is part of the joy of being in the world as a human, isn't it? Like creating something really cool with other people um, is inspiring and fun. So it is just a really fun place to be working and to be building together. I think whether you're on either side of an NFT project as a founder or as someone that's just engaging in the community, it's just very fun. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a massive part of what's going on here. And then there's also the kind of commercial level. And I'd like to get your point of view on some of the commercial applications. Um, you mentioned IP. Obviously, there's been big news this week about, you know, kind of like takeovers of IP at the at, between different collections. I mean, there's a, there's all this kind of stuff going on. But generally speaking, what's your what, what do you see happening at the commercial level when it comes to, you know, your project and also NFTs more generally? Um, I think it's inevitable that we see the commerci- commercialization of uh, everything in this space, like the decentralization of things that, that you know, that we're typically comfortable with uh, is uncomfortable for many people. I think that's where we get a bit of pushback from people in different industries. It's because it really does challenge a lot of the stuff that we're used to. I personally have spoke with many brands, you know, I mean, and they're, they're, they want to be in this space, but it's like very intimidating for them, I think. So the ones that are entering uh, into NFTs or just Web3 or the metaverse, you know, in however they do, uh, it's it's kind of thrilling to see because it's it's challenging a lot of the structures that they've been built on. Um, with them joining, though, there will be a dilution of that decentralization that we see. I think it's it's uh, I think we're we're on a road that is not paved and has not been trodden before. So I think that it's going to be maybe a bit rocky while we find our feet and see what it actually looks like um, to have these brands involved in this that has been so far built kind of from, you know, grassroots and people, you know, like very, very um, talented tech people from, you know, giant companies have decided to leave and build in this space. Like it's, it's really just full of creatives and very innovative thinkers. So to then see that um, being adopted and and pushed into the mainstream by brands, there's going to be pros and cons. I'm excited by it. Um, I think it's important that we remain healthily critical so that we can kind of together still yeah you want to make sure there's still that kind of zest right for the yeah for, the, for for creating new things irrespective of the commercial outcome because i think that is, that that's what i'm taking from your experience has been really important totally yeah so i think that as well like a lot of people that are in this space are in this space because their power has been taken away by traditional business so um you know they're either artists that have been um completely um exploited or whatnot so then, you know, you don't have a seat at that table. So you create your own table. And then all of a sudden the person that <laughs> the person that took away your opportunities or exploited you comes and sits down at your table. Like this is mine now. Um, you know, that's just a metaphor, but that's, I think that's what it feels like when you see giant brands kind of interacting in the same way that individuals do here. So yeah, we'll see. It's, I'm it's kind all of, to come. I, yeah, I'm kind <laughs> of, I'm excited, but also neutral. And like, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to play out to see, you know, play out in real time though. Well, you're certainly in a, in a good spot to be, to be, you know, watching this and it's been really excellent kind of hearing about how you, how, how you guys have navigated this and, and, and grown your project. It's really great. I'd, I'd like to finish up the convo with some quick fire questions. If, if you're happy with them, um, yeah, you know, sure. like you, you can just give me quick, quick responses. It's kind of fun to, 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 to do this at the back end of the show. So you mentioned doodles, but what other NFT projects have you got your eye on? What, what are you like? Oh God. Um, so just this week, uh, some artists that I really like, Ron Brandt and Waxbones released a collaborative art project called Tartarus. Um, and it was just thrilling to me because I really love the art. God, what else do I like? Um, obviously doodles. 
That's right. No, that was good. I mean, you can keep it a one. And fi- yeah, I'm fine with that. Fine. Let's just go super Aussie. What are, what are the Aussie Web3 or, or, or crypto projects that you've, you've noticed? Um, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff coming out of Australia. Like Lazy Lines came out of Australia. We've got um, the Psychedelic NFT is from Australia, I believe. There's um, Mel, who works with uh, Farouk on Rock Radio, is in Australia. So I really appreciate, you know, all of these people. And it's it's great. The artist from Meta Angels um, is Australian. So it's, I think, you know, it's it's not as big of a scene as overseas, but it's very inspiring to come across Australians in this space doing cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's heaps, actually. I've, I've been so amazed at seeing how many projects there are. And across the board, not just in NFTs, but across the mm. crypto space. I think, you know, someone famous used language much better than I ever would, uh, which is that there's a high signal to, to noise ratio that comes out of Australia. And I fully agree with that. Yeah, I um, do as well. That's a really, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So last question. Uh, what's your top piece of advice to someone who is new to crypto or NFTs? Um, I would get educated as much as possible um, on safety. So everything that you can read, listen to, watch, read the, you know, read the articles, listen to the podcasts, get on Twitter spaces, listen to people that are in the space, listen to influencers with a grain of salt um, and make sure that you know your wallet security stuff so that you don't get wrecked and don't click links and don't have Discord DMs on. <laughs> that is such a good bit of advice. I really appreciate that. I think I think it's critical. So thanks. Thanks so yeah, much, Betty. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for joining me on today's show. I, it was fabulous learning about you know your, your journey and, and, and your project. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Nice to talk to someone in Australia too, which is <laughs> <Decent time-tone. laughs> not usual. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been the Crypto Frontier. Crypto Frontier.